0: How was that? Did I do okay? Okay. Well, good morning and welcome to A Share Community Church. It is another beautiful day to praise the Lord. Amen? It's such a beautiful day out there today. Uh, I think fall's making a comeback really strong. I was just, walk- seriously, I was out walking in the woods yesterday and I saw orange everywhere. It's like fall colors are coming back. But today I think it changed a little bit. So. But uh, welcome. If you're looking for a church home, we'd love to have you become part of our family. You are welcome. If you'd like to learn more, please ask uh, Pastor Adam, myself, or any of the deacons or elders. Um, We'd love to share with you and have you become family. A couple of announcements we'd like to highlight. Uh, Number one, between services, uh, Deacon Dan has a—Deacon Dan, are you here? Dan, Dan, Dan. He's not here. Dan's out— trying on some orange but between services he'll probably be here um and uh, if you have any um need to pray or if you want to pray with deacon dan about anything or just uh um whatever it is he usually comes to this side of the uh, worship area between services so feel free to join him also okay the shoot of five, Oh, there's five opportunities for caroling this Christmas season. Schedule sheet is in the Welcome Center. I hear some pretty good voices during that first song, so looking for carolers. Also, um, I'm just reading this. Sorry, 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 sorry. Oh, the WCCK, the foster um, care program, that's been postponed um, just because of the holidays and people um, busy, busy, so... Stay tuned. That's coming back. The meeting for the foster family support as well as um, men's Saturday breakfast. That is, where's my note? Sign up is, oh, the breakfast is December 10th at 8 a.m. Saturday. Of course, Saturday morning breakfast. Uh, there's a sign up sheet in the back if you'd be interested in that just so they can get a head count. And finally, Addie, where are you? Patty, Patty, would you come up here? Yes. Thanks, John.
1: Come on over here, Patty. Can you tell us uh, roughly how many boxes are up here? How many do you think? Oh, how many do I think? Um, I'm gonna go uh, six hundred. You are really close. It's 626. Wow. Woo. So, and to realize that um, every box represents a child. Every box represents a child. So this morning we want to pray um, for these boxes to get to that child. And we're also going to pray for those that distribute the boxes. They have a, a great opportunity to share the gospel and to and also to see the joy that the child has when they receive this box, and we want to say thank you to all of you who have helped out with this and and of course these boxes are not just all from our church. there are churches all over the county have been bringing in boxes um, and and bringing them here. so uh, we just want to take a time moment just to pray. so would you bow your heads in prayer with us? so Heavenly Father. Thank you for this morning. We thank you for that each one of these boxes represents a child. A child, this box will be placed in their hands, and they will open it up with joy. Um, Be with those that are distributing it. Be with those who are making sure it gets from point A to point B, Lord, that all of those uh, logistics would come into place so that that child would receive that box. Be with the missionaries that will share the gospel with the groups as they gather together and let them know that this box was made because there are some other people on the other side of the world that love Jesus and want them to know of the joy of the first coming of Jesus at Christmas time. And so, Lord, be with each person, each child as they receive this box. We ask this in your precious and holy name. Amen. Amen. Can we say thank you to Patty and her team, team, for all doing this? Yeah, thank you, Patty.
0: Thank you, thank you. I got in trouble with my shoebox. I actually went and bought a pair of shoes, and my wife said that's not the idea. <laughs> shoebox, you know what you'd think? With uh, the ushers, please come forward for uh, the collection of the offering, and if you'll join me in prayer, please, Heavenly Father. We do, again, humbly come before you, and we thank you so much, Lord, for who you are, our Father, our Brother, our Savior. Where would we be without you, Lord? So, thank you, and we pray that um, our hearts and our eyes and ears are open today to hear what you want us to hear through the message. Thank you for your um, unending and absolute truth in your word, Lord, that you've given us just to uh, Draw closer to you, Father. So, please bless this offering that we may further serve your kingdom. And we pray this in your name, Amen. Wasn't that a blessing? Learned that
1: song this morning. Wow! Praise the Lord! You may be seated. I do. I, I think we we forgot to say, or we didn't have it written down, that this week is really special because it's Thanksgiving week. Of course. But we have a Thanksgiving Eve service on Wednesday at 6.30. And we're going to sing some songs to the Lord. I'm going to share something from the message. But I want you to be thinking already ahead of time, asking the Lord, what, what do you lay on my heart that I can share? Because it's a sharing time at that Thanksgiving Eve service for us to be able to share with the rest of our brothers and sisters about what we're thankful for. So be praying about that, praying, asking God, what what do you... What what should I share? Is there something, Lord, you want me to share that I am so thankful for this year? So be prepared for that. But that's Wednesday at 6.30, at 6.30. Okay, transition here. Let's go to God's word. And we're doing kind of a mini series. Um, we finish First Peter chapter four. We will come back to First Peter chapter five in January. So we're doing this little mini series about am I a church member uh, biblically, biblically. And and, uh, I covered last week the first three points. I'll touch on those. I'm going to do three more points today. And then at the Wednesday uh, service, I'm going to do the other six via whiteboard, a whiteboard, because it's really something I'm thankful for, of how God has set things up for us to be a part of his family. So, am I a church member biblically, part two. If you've got a sheet, feel free to follow along as I go back through this. First off is we talked about membership. Am I a church member biblically? We talked about membership. The Bible talks about it in family terms. It's always talked in family terms. It's not institutionalized. It's always talked in family terms about us being a, a he's our father, we are the children. That kind of thing. And then even deeper than that, sometimes he talks about us being, you know, parts of the same body and he, Christ is the head kind of thing. So there's a, there's a deep connection there when it talks about membership. What's it like to be a member biblically? And we also talked about this is that there's an A and a B. The A is, is recognizing that if you are a follower of Jesus Christ, you're a part of his universal family, his His global family, the church of God globally, that's A, that's A, but also we're going to approach this Sunday a B. And the B is, is that we have these local churches, these local families of God that he has put us into. We're going to see how the two merge together. So first off, if I'm going to be a part of his family, I, I am a, am I a Christian? Because To be a part of his family, you need to be a follower of Jesus Christ. You need to be a follower of Jesus Christ. You need to own the statement, Christ, he is the Christ, the son of the living God. I put down there that Jesus is the Christ. You believe that he is the Christ. He is the Messiah, but he is also my Christ, my Christ, my Christ. And so we looked at that Romans 10, 8 through 11 verse, where it talks about the mouth, and the heart, and then you confess with your mouth, Jesus as Lord, he's the master of your life. He is, he, he, you now, it, your life is about him. He, he is the center point of your life and you're walking in his footsteps. That's what it means. Jesus as, as Lord, it, you say that with your mouth and you also believe in your heart, what? That God raised him from the dead, raised him from the dead. So you go back and you say, Yes, we're talking about the one where he was sent by God and laid in a manger and then he lived his life and he was laid on a cross and then he was laid in a tomb and then he said, in three days I'll rise again and he rose again and he ascended into heaven and this one said that he is coming back. Okay, so I believe that in my heart. That's the one I'm talking about. I believe that in my heart that God raised him from the dead. And there's a connection, the the word and is in that verse, there's a connection between what we say and a a changed heart. Those two things that are there. So it is so important to understand that if I'm a part of God's family, even the global family, if I'm a part of God's family, am I a Christian? I need to be a Christian. I need to be a Christian. That's where we get into trouble many times is when we don't tie even membership in the local church, but membership to your relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. It has to start there. Okay, then we went to number two. Am I pursuing love of God and others? Am I pursuing love of God and others? If I'm a part of God's family, I am doing that. Though difficult, I put, see, I say I got to read around the sign this morning. Though difficult at times, I'm, I'm thankful that sign's there though. Uh, though difficult at times, it is not optional. So at times, it is hard to love God when you walk through some pretty terrible times. Sometimes it is hard to love God. Sometimes it is hard to love others. And even within the family of God, sometimes it's hard to love others. And sometimes we may fail and fall. But if you're a part of God's family, when you get back up off the ground, when you get back up again, you know, you know that I've got to get back up in the love of God and the love of His people. There's there's no other alternative of the way that I'm going to respond that I need to respond with love. I need to respond with love. You know you're part of God's family when that's 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 how you get off the floor and you say, There's only one option I have. And I need to love God and love others, even the ones, even when it's tough. So We looked at John 13, 34, and 35. That's where Jesus is speaking to his disciples. And he gives them, he says, a new command I give you, love one another. But the new command part of it was, even as I have loved you. So now we have a new definition of what love is. Our new definition of love is Jesus. Is Jesus. And you think through all of Jesus' life, and you think about all the conversations that he had. Was his love always gushy, gushy? No, it wasn't. Man, sometimes it was really tough love that he had, but it was all in the name of love. So when we love one another, we realize that now our definition of love is not the world's definition of love. Our definition of love is Jesus. Our definition of love is Jesus. And we are known. How do, how are we known as his disciples? How are we known to be a part of his church? He says that you, you, you disciples, you love one another. You brothers and sisters in Christ in my family, you love one. another. that's how they know that you're a part of my family. Third one we went to, am I examining myself according to God's word? Am I examining myself according to God's word? The Bible is the instrument panel of our lives. So you got the instrument panel on your car and it's got gauges and lights and everything else. And, And, you know, I have to say a joke here now. I have to tell a funny here, because I was in, I was in one of your vehicles. I was riding with one of the people that go to church here and, and, and they were, and it was great. I was glad to be there and everything. But I looked over on the dash. Okay. I looked on the dash of his car, of his vehicle. And you know, those lights that come on, you know, that light up and say something's wrong. Yeah. He had little pieces of black tape over them. George, (laughs) yeah, he he a little piece of black table room. The Bible is the instrument panel of our life. It's the and so we look to the Bible. We continually go to the Bible and say, "This is where I'm getting my instruction. My instruction from." So we looked at the Galatians five nineteen through twenty three, where it says the, the deeds of the flesh are evident, and he gives us a list. He gives us a whole list of them. And then in verse 22, he says, but the fruit of the Spirit is. And he gives us another list. And he says, okay, examine yourself. Here, I'm giving you some lists. And we'll see another one today. That I, I that I examine myself according to God's word. So that's number three. Now, let's go. Well, oh, one more thing on this one that I thought was really important was, um, so many times, if we don't examine ourselves by the Bible, we will just pat ourselves on the back. We will self-deceive ourselves. And so we had that passage in Revelation chapter three when Jesus is speaking to the church in Laodicea and he says, "Um, you say, this is what you say about yourselves. And it was all glowing and everything else. And then he ends it with, he says, but you are. And then he lays out what they are. And so we we don't wanna go off of what I say, you say, We want to go off of what he has said. He has said. Okay, now let's go to number four. Number four is, am I listening and obeying my spiritual leaders? So this is new territory. Am I listening and obeying my spiritual leaders? And this is where we venture into the merger of the universal to the local from A to B. We go from talking about just being a part of God's global church to saying, okay, now but we're a part of a local church. And we see that in the scriptures. And of course, we are examining ourselves according to the scriptures. So we see in the scriptures that he talks to local churches. I mean, especially in Paul's writing. Paul's writing what he's doing. He's writing to the church in Galatia. He's writing to the church in Colossae. He's writing to the church in Rome. You know, So see, there's pockets of these, the church of God in these local areas. And in these local churches, we also have in the scripture that God provides spiritual leadership. He provides spiritual leadership for the sheep. He provides shepherds for the sheep. And so if I'm examining myself according to the scriptures, then I'm going to realize that, wait a minute, he's going to put me in, I'm I'm in a local church family. That's a, a representation of the larger family, but also in this local church family He has placed church leaders over me. So am I listening and obeying my spiritual leaders? Now I put down here, if you were from a small town and there was a larger town nearby and they had the big box stores and you were trying to revive the downtown district, what would you say? You need to buy local, buy local. That was a big Big ad thing. Buy local, buy local. Don't go down the street to the big town where the box stores are. Don't go online and order everything off of Amazon. Don't do that. Buy local, buy local. At times I want to say church local. I want to say church local. And because we live in this world where we can we we have such ease of travel. I mean, we can drive and drive and drive, and we can go to this church way over here and this church way over here and this church way over here. We have the internet where we can watch church online. I mean, I'm always amazed that, you know, before you get here on a Sunday morning, you can listen to three or four big heavy hitters on the internet. And then you come listen to this peanut speak to you, you know? But I, I, this is really important that these next three points, I'm going to say this three times, this cannot be done from afar and this cannot be done anonymously this cannot be done from afar and this cannot be done anonymously so when we talk about this am i listening and obeying my spiritual leaders we're talking about the spiritual leaders that you have right here that god has put in place over this flock this flock so i want to go to hebrews chapter 13 and just this one verse here which speaks to this hebrews chapter 13 and verse 7 hebrews 13 in verse 7, it says, Remember your leaders who spoke the word of God to you. So we know the leaders he's talking about here are spiritual leaders. They spoke the word of God to you. And considering the result of their conduct, imitate their faith. Imitate their faith. Now, I just kind of parsed it out here. The word remember. The remember, remember means call to mind you want to call to mind, be mindful of what? Your leaders. The word for leaders there means those who have gone before you. So they're not just telling you something. They've actually taken these steps ahead of you. You're actually following behind them. That's the ones that you are to be mindful of. The ones that are, who are walking ahead of you. They're walking ahead of you who spoke the word of God to you spoke, mean utter a voice emit a sound. So you actually have heard them speak the word of God to you and then consider their conduct. Consider, look very attentively, look, uh, watch intently their conduct, their manner of life from every aspect, from every aspect of their life. Look at their life. And then he says, imitate. Imitate means to mimic or to follow or to trace. Remember when you had that little really thin paper and you put it over top of something else and then you traced it? That's what it means. Trace, trace their what? Their faith. Faith is a conviction of a truth. So if I go back through this, you need to call to mind, be mindful of those who have gone before you, those who have gone before you have, who speak, who've spoken the word of God to you. And you're looking at very intently their conduct, their manner of life. Do you see First Peter there? Because remember, we always talk about conduct and our words that are there. And then imitate, then you imitate, then you follow after them after their conviction of a truth. Now, I put this up there because it's not a blind decision or, or a blind following of them. Oh, we need to obey our spiritual leaders. No, it's, and we just, eh, that's whatever they say. No, that's not what the scripture says. The scripture says that, wait a minute, we we need to look at our spiritual leaders that we have and we need to go through this evaluation of them. And then when you get to that point and you've evaluated and looked at from every single angle and watched their conduct and and everything else, then, then what do you do? You imitate or you follow their faith, their conviction of a truth. Now, again, I'll say it again. Not done from afar or anonymously. This this has to be done by you rubbing shoulders with the ones that God has put in place to be spiritual leaders. And when we get back to 1 Peter chapter 5, we will really hammer this because that's where it starts off in 1 Peter chapter 5. But it really makes us as a congregation look at who we put into spiritual leadership. It really makes, it, it lays upon us to say, have we been watching them? Have, is this person someone who is walking before us? Is this someone who's actually speaking the word of God to us? Have we been able to watch their manner of life and their their conduct and everything to see that this person is a person of faith and they really have a conviction of truth and therefore I am following after that? It really puts it. I mean, that's, that's got to be done. It can't be through a screen. It can't be done through email. It has to be done in person, in person. So am I, am I listening and obeying my spiritual ears? Number five, am I being discipled by my local body of Christ? Am I being discipled by my local body of Christ? Now, we are discipled by one another and being with one another. Where does discipleship happen? It happens in this local church. Um, it happens with the people you sit with. It happens with the people that you sing with. It happens with the people that you pray with. It happens with the people that you cry with. It happens with the people you shout, you shout with, or maybe you raise your hands with. Um, it's the practice of the one another's. Sometimes people will come up to me and say, "You know, I've never been discipled. I've never been discipled. I think what they mean, I think what they mean is I've never had someone, one person, like a one-on-one kind of thing, come up alongside of me and walk through the scriptures with me. Now, that is discipleship, but I think it's a specific kind where it's more like mentorship, where you have, you're have you being mentored spiritually by another. And, and that's really good. That is really good. That is fantastic. But discipleship should happen in the local body where we practice the one another's with one another. And as we practice the one another's with one another, we are being discipled. We are being discipled. So I gave you that a familiar one here, um, Ephesians chapter 4. This is also another evaluation verse where we examine ourselves. Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 31 he says, let all bitterness and anger and wrath and shouting and slander be put away from you along with all malice, along with all malice. So there's, there's a list to evaluate ourselves. And then he says, instead be kind to one another, tender-hearted, graciously forgiving each other, just as God in Christ also has graciously forgiven you. So if I just kind of bullet down through here, we are to be at peace with one another. We are to love one another. We are to be devoted to one another. We are to wash one another's feet. We are to honor one another above ourselves. We are to live in harmony with one another, instruct one another, greet one another, wait for one another, serve one another, carry one another's burdens. We are to forgive one another. We are to speak to one another in hymns, songs, and spiritual songs. We are to submit to one another, teach one another, encourage one another, admonish one another, build up one another, confess our sins to one another, pray for one another. All of those things are to be happening. Those things are you are discipled as you receive those things from your brothers and sisters in Christ, and also as you practice those on your brothers and sisters in Christ. If I'm going to be a part of God's family, I am being, I'm putting myself under the discipleship, the discipleship of this body of believers and experiencing the one another's from them and practicing. Putting into practice the one another's with those that are around me. Number six. Am I understanding my pastor's role in my spiritual life? Am I understanding my pastor's role in my spiritual life? Now, your pastor is part of the elders. Um, he's he's one of the elders. He's one of the shepherds of this flock, of under shepherd of the chief shepherd. And you're going to hear a lot more about this First Peter chapter five in January. But but your pastor is someone who is the person who is almost always in front of you speaking to you just like I am this morning and 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 the the main voice of the church guiding us walking us through passages of scripture guiding us walking us through and so even though he's an elder just like the rest of the elders he has a specific role that he plays uh in that in that team that's there Okay, now I gave you James 3.1 just to, this is the weight that a pastor feels when he says, do not many of you become teachers, my brothers, knowing that he will receive a stricter judgment. Yeah, um, to, be, to be the one who stands up in front of a group of people on a regular basis and open up God's word. And to do it in a way for the body to understand and to go forward in their own spiritual lives. It, that is a heavy weight. That is a heavy weight. And so, yeah, it, I mean, it, it, it beckons it back to there needs to be a call of God on your life to do this, to do this, to be able to stand in this position. Um, so there's the weight. Now, if you just go back to Hebrews 13, sorry, I'm flipping you back and forth here, but Hebrews 13, and we just go 10 verses ahead to verse 17. He speaks again about these spiritual leaders. Obey your leaders and submit to them, for they keep watch over your souls as those who will give an account so that they will will do this with joy. So they're, they're keeping watch over your souls. And may, may they, when they do, this, may they do this, may there be joy. May they, may they do this with joy. And then he says, and not with groaning. So at, they're watching over the souls of the flock, but they're groaning. We don't want that. We don't want that. For this would be unprofitable for you. So again, let me walk through it. You are to obey. You are persuaded by, you are persuaded by these leaders. And this word for submit means to resist no longer. So you have done a verse seven where you have evaluated, you have looked at their life, these ones that are speaking the word of God to you and everything. And so the evaluation is these are people who are walking with God and following and leading us in that direction. Okay, at that point then you need to resist no longer what they're saying from the scriptures, resist no longer. For they keep watch, and the word for keep watch there, it means to be sleepless, to be sleepless. And I can speak to this because I'm a pastor. And there are times when it comes nightfall and Stephanie lays her head on the pillow and boom, she's out just like that. Not me, not me. Or I'll fall asleep and I'll wake up at like three in the morning and I'll be praying to God, Lord, please let me go back to sleep. Let me go back to sleep. But I can't. I can't because somebody's name has come to my mind or some situation in the church or something that's happening within the church. And and many times through the night, through the night, and some of the elders and deacons know this, they get emails from me at three in the morning. They're going, don't read them at three in the morning, but I send them out at three in the morning because God's been working on something in my head all through the night. And I always go, well I'll, I'll fall asleep. I'll sleep some other time," kind of thing, But it really is true that at times to to keep watch, to be sleepless at times, sleepless at times for the people that are in front of you. Um, do this with joy and not with groaning, with sigh or relief. I watch very closely the elders' wives. I watch Mary really close. I actually talk to Mary. Why? Because I want the elders of this church when they come away from meetings and when they come away from things, that there's a joy. There's still a joy. I don't want it to be a groaning. I want them to be, there's a joy, there's a joy in serving Jesus as we journey on life's way. There's that song. Because that would be unprofitable, unprofitable to you. Now, again, let me say this. This cannot be done from afar or anonymously. You, you have a local pastor, a local pastor who stands in front of you, represents the whole elder team, but stands in front of you and has a burden for your souls. Let me, I'm going to give you three stories to illustrate this. First one, local high school football game. Was at a church um, first, first Sunday there, and there was a couple, an elder and his wife in the church and said, hey, let's go to the local football game. I was, yeah, yeah, let's go. And you know, coming from a school that had a, a marching band of 25, and they had 300 in their marching band, okay? You know, it's is huge. I mean, a stadium that was there and everything. And as I was sitting there with this couple, I realized very quickly that, wow, they know a lot of people. People were coming by and, you know, and all this kind of stuff. And they, like they knew everybody in this town. Which is fantastic kind of thing, but the problem was is that he never introduced me to any of them. I was sitting there and he never introduced me to any of them and i I was trying to think through uh, you know um, pro, uh, uh, trying to give the benefit of the doubt. I was thinking, well he, maybe he's thinking that I'd never remember all their names and da 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 you know and all that kind of stuff, but I couldn't shake it. Because what I was thinking of was the scripture passage we had last week where John says, if you say you love God and hate your brother, you're a liar. Remember that? You're a liar. And and then he uses the illustration. I mean, you say that uh, you don't love the one that you can see, but you love the one that you can't see. And so that's what was running through my mind was, wait a minute, wait a minute. He's not introducing me to those, them, to them, and they can see me. How is he going to introduce to them the one they can't see? How's that going to happen? See, so I couldn't let go of that. And so I talked to him personally, and then, I, and then we brought it up in an elders meeting because it was, it was kind of a sign of what was happening in the church. And then ultimately, ultimately even shared it with the whole congregation. Okay, And when I told the story, and that like he didn't introduce me to anybody, the whole congregation just laughed. They thought it was funny. I'm telling you the story because sometimes your pastor doesn't laugh. Because different things hit him in a way where it's like, oh, something needs to be done there. So sometimes the pastor doesn't laugh. Okay, that that situation turned out good. Okay, number two, Facebook post. Facebook post. There was a teenager in the church. He was uh, involved in the church. His parents were involved in the church and everything. So he put it on a Facebook post, he post and I read it. And then at the end of it, he put three little initials in capital and see, I like, I don't know what those things mean, you know? So I Google, what does that, that, that mean, you know? And so when I Googled it and saw what that, that, that means, I was like, ah, uh oh. Uh oh. So I thought benefit of the doubt. I searched like crazy. Are there alternative meanings to dot dot that? that, that? And I searched high and low. I could not find one. So finally, I private messaged him. And I said, you know, I read your post. And you put dot, dot, dot. And I said, I searched and I tried to find a different meaning for it. And And I'm really open that if there is a different meaning for this that I have not found, please tell me. But if this is what you meant then as a Christian, and me as your pastor, I advise you to take that off the internet. Take that down. And he did. And he did. I'm just telling you stories of sometimes what a pastor has to walk through with his congregation at times. Okay? Let me get the last one. The last one's better. Uh, A fruity reward. What I would do is I would... I'm watching. I'm, I'm watching how the flock Responds to one another. And sometimes someone in the flock will do something um, and it's really genuine. I mean, I mean, didn't do it for show, didn't look for any accolades, anything like that, just acting out in a godlike way. Kind of thing. So I see that. I see that. So what I would do is we had a communion table and there would be a pineapple on the communion table. And everybody knew after a while that wait, if there was a pineapple on the communion table, Pastor saw somebody do something good. And he was going to tell us about it kind of thing. So I gave a lot of, I gave out tons of pineapples. Well, I was meeting with a super senior saint. She was 90 plus years old. We had given out this book. uh, uh, I am a church member by Tom Rayner. And, and so I went to her house and had tea with her in her living room. And I said to this super senior saint, I said, did you read the book? And I was almost, I was expecting her to say, nah, you know, I don't need to read books. You know, I was kind of thinking that, that might be the response, but it wasn't. She said, uh, yes, Pastor, I read it. I actually didn't read it once. I read it twice. I said, you read it twice? She said, yeah, because I was so convicted in my heart, so convicted that I need to tell you, Pastor, I'm sorry, Pastor, for making it all about me. Whoa, someone that at that stage in life and realizing still being molded by God's word, still being molded by his direction upon that person's life, upon that person's life. Now, let me end with just walking through this again. Am I a church member biblically? First off, am I a Christian? That's number one. Number two, am I pursuing love of God and others? It's not option. Number three, am I examining myself according to God's word? That is where I get my instruction from. Number four, am I listening and obeying my spiritual leaders? God always gives spiritual leaders to his flock. And therefore, we need to make sure that we have spiritual leaders that follow after God. But he always gives the, am I listening and obeying my spiritual leaders? This is not a blind decision, as we've seen in the scripture. Number five, am I being discipled by my local body of Christ? Do I realize this? The brothers and sisters around me, where I get to share the one another's with them and, and they share them with us, that that's discipling me. That's why, that's why we've been you know looking at how do we do this more? How do we give more opportunities for the body of Christ to be around one another, to be discipling one another by practicing the one another? And then the last one, am I understanding my pastor's role in my spiritual life? That your pastor has a special role in your life. And the pastor sometimes sees things differently than you see them. And so you shouldn't be surprised when the pastor sometimes, you know, has a conversation with you about something. And hopefully you realize that you've been watching him and listening to him and watching his life. And realizing, wait, this person is not here to hurt me, but to help me, to help me. Now, as I said before, Wednesday night at 6:30. We're going to get 7 through 12 in a story form on the whiteboard. So I really encourage you to do that. But I want to finish with this. Aaron, come on up. I want to finish with this. I want to tell you as your pastor, lately I've been struggling. Um, I get home after service, and I the only way I can describe it is I'm kind of in a little mini depression. Uh, Stephanie looks over at me and goes, what is going on? What is going on? And I think I know what it is. I think I know what it is. Is that there are still some of you I do not know. Some of you I don't know. I haven't had an opportunity to sit down and talk specifically with you. Some of you I still don't know your name. And therefore that's hard for me as a pastor. Because what's more important for me is a 30 to 45 minute time to sit down and talk to you and get to know who you are than 30 to 45 minutes standing on this platform preaching to you. It's more important to me because I'm your pastor. And even though I know it's short term, it's interim and we're going to find a new pastor and everything else, but I cannot set aside that thing that I'm a pastor. And I'm going to up my ante. Okay, I'm going to up my efforts in that, you know, And I have no trouble sitting down with somebody or seeing somebody and saying, "Uh, have I talked to you before? Have we met before? (laughs) I have no trouble saying that even if it blows up in my face, okay? But you can help me, okay? One another's, right? You can help me that if you see an opportunity to have a conversation with your pastor and just reiterate who you are to him, especially if you know I don't know your name, Okay. Because your pastor plays an important role in your life, and especially as we go forward. So uh, as a pastor, Ellis, bring your beautiful wife up here. Before we sing this last song, we're so thankful for Ellis to be here, one of our supported missionaries, and um, and uh, we want to have a time of prayer for them. Short update, Ellis. Short update. Okay. You live in Alaska. This, this, not in
2: Alaska, no. no. No, no, All right. It feels like it sometimes today out there, right? Um, is this on? I, can you hear me? Okay, perfect. Um, so, again, my name is Ellis, my wife Kristen. Uh, we're here from North Carolina. We serve in coastal North Carolina uh, after Hurricane Florence. Uh, did a lot of damage there uh, a little over four years ago now. Uh, so our site there is is wrapping up. At some point, uh, there's a call to go other places or other storms. Uh, Florida recently got hit, as well as we also have opened a site in Kentucky from some flooding uh, earlier this year. So, uh, at some point, uh, most of our team there will start to split off to go other places, uh, myself and Kristen at some point included. Uh, However, with Kristen, uh, God has blessed me with a beautiful wife uh, and her daughter as a family. And uh, so, we are joining the ministry as a family. So, Kristen is going through the process to join. Uh, the Reach Global Ministry as well. Um, so we'll be taking some time to go through that process, raise additional support, and kind of a, a preparation of looking forward, uh, so that sometime next year, uh, when we're called, we can be ready to to move uh, and to pursue missions as a family. So uh, that's kind of the short update for us. Uh, and we hope to yeah, you see me around after service. Feel free to to, to chat, uh, and hopefully we'll get back up here sometime soon and can spend some more time with you we appreciate your support so much. Thank you.
1: Ellis is the tall one with the curly hair. Yes. So yeah. that'll distinguish him. And Ellis is the, the one that uh, if you're going through a disaster and he shows up on your front porch, he's the guy you want there, right? He's the guy you want there. Thank so you. let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this this uh, call upon Ellis's life and just how that all played out. We want to give you all the praise and the glory for that. Um continue to be with him especially now that he has a family wife and child and uh, just them being able to um, be, be helpmates to those people who are in dire need so this next year met all the paperwork, everything that needs to be done um, help them as they go to another field and serve you in very practical ways the love of God comes out of this man so thankful for that so we're thankful that he's not just pounding nails he's he's touching people's hearts lord with your with your love so thank you again for all the missionaries that we have for these special times to have a missionary with us lord and to let them know that we are praying for them we ask this in your precious name amen Amen. thank you guys yep